welcome to episode 40 of the Swamp Flicks Podcast. My name is Brandon Lede. And I'm Brittany Lombas. This is once again the podcast version of the movie review website Swamp Flicks. We are recording in 7th Ward, New Orleans, and it's the start of Halloween. We're going to be talking about a lot of animal invasion, nature strikes back type horror films today to kind of kick off the season. No, sort of a light note. This isn't like vampires and zombies. This is more like... It's actually more disgusting. <laughs> yeah, in some ways. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, <laughs> but before we get into all that, what have you been watching? I watched Blank Check. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so scary. <laughs> very spooky. Actually, it was creepy in a different way, um, which I'll get to, but... It's one of those movies, I think it came out like around, it was like, blank, check, Dunkston checks in, something else. What was the one with the girl with the monkey? That was a pretty popular one. Oh, oh. And she was like, she um, she had like a backwards hat. Yeah. Oh, what about uh, my friend Andre too, the one with the seal? Andre, yeah. It was just like this weird, like... Early nineties cool kid vibe movies, yeah. whatever. However the hell Monkey you want. Monkey trouble. Monkey trouble. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody had brought it up, and it was on Netflix. So so watched it, and I realized a little boy who's a star of the film, Preston. His name in real life is like Brian Bonzel, but he plays in this movie um, that I really like called Mikey, where um, he's adopted, but he's like a psychopathic killer. Oh no. <laughs> And he talks like he does in Blank Check, but like in more of like a childlike voice, like, hi, mom. And, you know, he just fucking killed somebody. So it was really weird seeing him in a non-spooky role. Mm -hmm. So basically the whole plot of this is this, there's this little nerdy kid who gets picked on and then he gets hit on his bicycle by a bank robber. Not like hit, but like the bank robber like kind of backs up and like tilts him over and he gives him a blank check on accident. And this eventually gives him like a million dollars and he blows it on a bunch of stupid shit that a kid would blow it on. He buys like a castle. I know he builds that giant and, like complex slide from the castle yes, into the pool. Which that's probably the most legitimate purchase, I think. But like go-karts and other kinds of stupid shit. I like the uh, gag where he programs his computer to say that his brother and his friend sleep butt to face. I apparently thought that was so funny when I was like 10 a, that I still laugh at it now. That was pretty dark. Yeah. Um, well, he makes up this guy that he works for. So basically, it's like, you know, why would a kid be buying all this shit? And he's like, I work for Mr. Macintosh. And he comes up with the name Macintosh because he's like trying to figure out like, shit, what's this man's name that I work for? And he sees the apple on mm-hmm. his computer. But there's a woman named Shay who like works at the bank that he goes to. And she ends up being like a FBI agent. And he's like crushing on her hard. But she's like an adult woman. And he's like not even 10, I think. <laughs> So he like fakes all kinds of like situations so he can have one-on-one dates with her. They have like this weird romantic like frolic in the rain. It wasn't the rain. It was like a splash pad or something. It was weird. It reminded me of the beginning of um barbed wire. Oh, she's getting splashed. Yeah, she's getting splashed and you know, her hair is like flying and shit. It's one of those uh, public fountains where like the water shoots out of the ground. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, I remember splash that. Pad. I remember that whole scene. It's really weird. And then, you know, at the end of the movie, of course, everything gets cleared up and he's a fucking kid again and he doesn't have all his shit. He like makes like some kind of weird birthday wish for her. 
oh, it's just so creepy because I kept thinking like a lot of people always think it's cute when like little boys like have little crushes on like ladies and stuff like that. But I'm like reverse. That'd be super weird. <laughs> yeah. It's like a grown ass man. Totally. Hanging out with some little girl. And I think it's weird because it's a grown ass woman hanging out with this little boy. It's not cute. Ugh, I don't know. It was just really uncomfortable. I guess the inverse of that say? would be uh, that Catherine Heigl movie with her dad, My Father the Hero. Oh, like, yeah, but it's but, her fucking dad. Yeah, so it's like twice as creepy. <laughs> that was so horrible. Jesus. What else have you been watching? Gone Baby Gone, directed by fucking Ben Affleck. Oh, no. <laughs> right. It was like, I want to say it's like 2007. I've never heard of this thing, but apparently like it's got all these like amazing ratings people love this movie never heard of it i was just looking for a thriller on netflix on a rainy night but it stars casey affleck i don't like him that much he was good in manchester by the sea because he's got like a very like monotone vibe to him like he's it's like he's drunk all the time he's like a hurt old dog Yeah, Yeah. but he's like that in this movie, except he's like a private investigator, so it doesn't work. Right. So basically, a little girl goes missing, and her aunt hires two private detectives to help find her, even though like the entire police force is looking for her. And then it just becomes like one twist after another. You know, they find out that the little girl's mom and the mom's boyfriend were um, drug smugglers. Okay. (laughs) I couldn't think of the word for it. But yeah, so they were like in, you know, really putting this little girl in a lot of danger all the time. I don't know. And the mom kind of seems like she doesn't really give a shit that her daughter is gone, sort of. But she kind of does. It's hard to read her in the beginning because you're like, you know, she's a mom and she just like lost her kid or her, you know, you know, what should she be doing? It's like you always kind of want to judge the mother with this kind of shit. As horrible as it sounds, it's just like, what is she doing right now? All kinds of twists and turns happen. Morgan Freeman is like a police chief and he makes this like huge elaborate like fake kidnapping set up so he can like take this little girl and like raise her while he's retired. What? (laughs) Because she was in like a shit situation and like he lost his daughter. So somehow he thought that this was okay (laughs) to like take this trial and like give her a better life. You know, well, Casey Affleck is a good private investigator. So he eventually, you know, figures it all out. And then it gets to the point where, should I say something about this? Does this little girl need to go back with her mother? Or is she really better off this way? And I really liked it because it kind of makes you question, like, what is home? Are you better with someone you're related to by blood? Even if it puts you in harm's way and it's shitty? Or are you just better off with someone who wants to take care of you and wants to give you a good life? I don't know. So it was kind of cool. That sounds like all of Ben Affleck's directed movies. Like, I just have no interest in watching that. This is the first (laughs) one that I... This is the first one that I saw and it was just like really depressing. Um, But didn't he direct Argo? He did Argo. Still haven't fucking seen Argo. I know it's awesome. I doubt I'll ever watch it. I I don't (laughs) mind him as an actor. I don't dislike him as a person. It's just uh, no interest in his like creative projects. They all sound so bland to me. It was was, like (laughs) supposed to be this sort of like film noir of like arc or an age. And it was cool, but it was just kind of like, what's the word for it? It gets lost in the sauce. It was a sandwich and needed mayo. It doesn't have a lot of style, it seems like. It's just kind of more about these, like, traditional stories. They're very, like, straightforward. But that's basically, like, what I've been watching lately. What you've been watching lately. I just saw this movie Born in Flames the other day. Ooh. It's a early 80s 
sort of mockumentary about this future 10 years after a American socialist democracy revolution. The whole political system of the country is overturned into what's supposed to be this like the world's first successful socialist democracy. So it's supposed to be this like sort of political utopia where the government is for the people, but every woman in the new government feels oppressed still. Like it feels like the system's working for men, but not for women. And you have all these like factions of different women in New York city who are coming together for these different political revolutions. They like want to band together and like overthrow this new government, but they don't agree with each other on how to do it. So you have these like two different pirate radio stations that are putting up propaganda about uh, how the new government's failing women. You have these like, on the street, quote unquote, women's armies. Sometimes it's like violent vigilante justice. And sometimes it's just them riding around on bikes, like preventing rape and like calling out women getting shot out of the job market or being stuck at home doing all the stuff. And it's weird because the movie is set in the future and it's supposed to be this like sci-fi picture about Mm -hmm. like what could happen if the government was overturned and, and things changed towards progress, but still failed to be like an ideal. But it's, also feels like a real documentary of like what women's lives looked like in the 80s it's got this kind of like amateur um kind of gonzo feel almost like a exploitation picture from around the time like grindhouse or something super lo-fi uh very like diy punk like it feels like it was just people running around with a camera making montages of what women's lives actually looked like in new york in the 80s so you get this sort of like dual purpose where it's like this is what our lives look like now, and this is why we're frustrated. In the future, if we want to come together for this revolution, we need to work together and get on the same page about how that mm-hmm. can be uh, achieved. And there's so many arguments in it that feel current to this year's like po- politics. Like there's images that look like they could have come from the women's march earlier this year. Oh uh, there's a lot of like backlash from men saying like, "Oh, we're actually the oppressed ones," which feels a lot like the all Meninist. lives matter. Yeah, Meninist, oh, fuck. Uh, yeah, and like all lives matter and kind of stuff like that. Right. Uh, there's a lot of arguments against like white feminism in the movie about how like it's not intersectionally minded, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, race and queer identity and all this other stuff. It's such like a futuristic. That's pretty politics crazy. movie, but it's like firmly set in 1983 what i really like about it is it's about political organizations you have all this like unrest and disorganized Mm -hmm. angst about systems failing its people and then as the different factions in the movie come together to form like a united front against oppression the movie actually starts to coalesce and make more sense narratively as well okay so like the movie also starts off unorganized and becomes like more focused Mm. it's called born in flames it's i've not seen anything quite like it before i've never heard of this movie yeah i highly recommend it another wild movie that doesn't really fit in with any other film i can say i've seen before is mother from darren aronofsky I don't know if you finally saw that or not. I have not watched it yet, but... Uh, I won't say much, except that it's been very controversial. People have very strong opinions about it. Some people say that its metaphor is too on the nose and, like, unsubtle, because it does have this very strong central metaphor where, like, this character represents this thing, another character represents this other thing. And I feel thing. like I would like that. It's like, like a blatant allegory. Like, don't beat around the bush. Right. Show me what it is. But I will say, just as a studio release, it's from Paramount yeah. Pictures... I just love how much money and faith they gave this, like, wild man director to push a film as far as he pushes this one. It's 
very lyrical. It doesn't follow like real life reality. It kind of reminds me of also Edward Albee plays and um, Harold Pinter. Uh, kind of like, for instance, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Where okay. you're just like kind of trapped in this one house and the party gets worse and worse and worse. Gotcha. And no one leaves. They just kind of stick with it. Except here it becomes like biblically large how many factors go apocalyptically wrong in this house. <laughs> Like, it becomes, like, this surreal nightmare uh, in the back half where it just keeps keeps getting crazier and crazier and crazier and it ends at its most ridiculous point. And it's also just, like, really funny. Like, I, I think it hasn't been getting a lot of credit for how amusing it is, especially Michelle Pfeiffer plays this sort of, like, bitchy drunk character who, nice. like, gives jennifer lawrence side eye the whole time and she's <laughs> hilarious just in her like body language in this film i don't even know what i can compare it to but i'll be listening to like podcasts and shit like that and they'll have commercials within a podcast for this movie and it's like the most controversial movie of all time <laughs> be sure to see mother to see what all the hype's about it's almost like is this like 1970 something and i'm listening to a radio show about a horror movie that's yeah it sounds like out. grindhouse kind of yeah it was really cool how they like pushed it in that way which made me interested in it which but i, saw I think that's why it's important to see it there are movies i can say from the last year i've seen that are like this crazy like i don't know the neon demon or yeah uh raw is one my favorite movie of the year so far we are the flesh is even like more extreme than this Okay. But they're not from a major studio. This movie was distributed almost as wide as like a rom-com or like a superhero movie. It went to like thousands of theaters. Right. And I love that a movie production company in the Hollywood system like took a risk this big. On People something. immediately shit hard on it. Yeah. Which makes me want to see it even more. But okay. it is a lot funnier and a lot wilder than I think it's giving credit for. Okay. Just because people like figure out the allegory pretty early in the film. It's like, oh, I see what these characters represent. Which you know what's going to happen once you figure that out. Right. But that's not a problem for me. Like, Right. <laughs> I like that. I get confused a lot with kind of shit like that. <laughs> like, just fucking tell me what you're trying to say. Yeah. It's it's very blatant. But I'm excited. <laughs> I also think it means more than just one thing, too. I, uh-huh. I think people kind of like dismiss the other themes once they figure out the roadmap. But yeah, highly recommend checking it out nice. just so you can participate in the discussion which has like been a lot of fun for me the past few weeks i want to be a part of that right (laughs) also pretty major release that's running around in theaters right now i saw the synapse 4k restoration of suspiria the argento Mm. film i kind of fucked up when we went to see it the other day it was late on a friday night like 10 o'clock and i had alcohol before the screening and i started to sort of drift in and out of sleep during the movie Uh, well, it's the music. Yeah. It's also just like a movie I've seen a lot of times before. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's really nice about this restoration of it, it's about to be released on Blu-ray in December, is they painstakingly went through and cleaned up the color in every single like frame to make it like more vibrant. Um, and it really did look gorgeous on the big screen. And I felt like an idiot that I couldn't stay awake the whole time. Oh, it's no. honestly kind of embarrassing. But That's going to look great because I feel like that movie itself, I mean, the blood, yeah, the, it's bl- all the, the blues red. and things like that too, like those aqua colors and those you know murder scenes. I will say though, the reason to go see it in the theater as like beautiful as those colors are is the sound design. You already kind of mentioned it, the like goblin soundtrack to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's so overwhelming in a theater experience like being surrounded by that sound yeah uh, it's like oppressive almost it's like so much happening with the sound design but yeah i recommend going to suspiria but um i'm also becoming an old man and going to these like 10 11 o'clock late night showings is like hard for me to stay awake i used to go to all those those midnight movies at Mm -hmm. britannia do they still do them yeah they do them 
and I was I live for that shit and now I'm like it's 11 o'clock and I'm like oh god I'm already like out but yep. it was so much fun to see something that late in the theater when I worked in the service industry it was a lot easier but like when you're used to waking up at 6 7 in the morning yeah. it's hard to do it right and finally part of the reason I was very tired when I went to see Suspiria is because the night before I saw the horror film Friend Request which Ooh. did you see the trailer for that yeah yes I really liked it had a feeling this is a German cheap, cheap, cheap horror film that probably should have gone straight to VOD. Um, so this one is set at this uh, psychology school, and it was titled Unfriend in Germany because the movie Unfriended, the uh, found footage laptop horror film, was titled Unknown User there. So there was no conflict, but when they moved this one over to America, they had to change it from Unfriend to Friend Request. Unlike Unfriended, it isn't a found footage movie. It's not all from the laptop's perspective. You see these psychology students in like a regular narrative, but they're always scrolling through their Facebooks. They're looking at likes, uh, cover photos. Uh, The the movie deals a lot with like error messages and deleting accounts and stuff. Hmm. Because what happens is a new student shows up. She's very gothy. She's kind of like Nell. She doesn't talk very much. (laughs) Um, Nell. I love that movie. And she has zero friends on Facebook, which is supposed to be kind of like spooky because how do you have zero, like not a single friend? Uh, This one girl friends her out of pity to like welcome her to the new school. And then when she becomes overly needy because it's her only friend on the internet, uh, she has to unfriend her to like put some distance between them. And the girl kills herself. After she kills herself, her ghost starts haunting this other girl's friends who are her real friends in real life and killing them one by one and friending them on Facebook and then posting videos of their deaths on the like psychology student's timeline. So it looks like she's just sort of like callously sharing her friend's suicide messages as like entertainment value. So her own friends list starts dropping from like 800 people down to zero by the end of the movie. It's very silly. It's trash. It's not nearly as good as Unfriended. I'd say like it's like the Bucky Larson born to be a porn star <laughs> versus like Unfriended's like Boogie Nights, you know? It's like gotcha. the cheaper, dumber version of the movie. Right. But I am so into this like technophobic like horror film stuff. And I think this one does a good job of mixing that documentation of like what it looks like to use Facebook and stuff with standard horror movie stuff there's like baby doll parts and like spooky walks through the woods Ooh, i love baby doll stuff in a movie she's like both a ghost and this like facebook witch where she like changes the code to like this demonic code yes. that's not ones and zeros yes it's so over the top and nice. trashy and i loved it that sounds great yeah <laughs> oh my god i think the next thing that they've got to do is something with like instagram because i almost feel like the youth of the day like facebook was so big but now it's all about this instagram shit like you know, to get as many likes as you can to the point where, you know, on Instagram, like if like five people like your photo, it shows all of their, um, pant- their handles or whatever. <laughs> and if more than that, it just shows like a number. So all these like younger people are like, oh yeah, I got past that point. <laughs> you know, you don't want to ever have like just the people's like user name showing. You want to have like a number. So it looks like all you're getting all these likes and then it's like, like for like, I like your photo of you like my photo. Like that. It's just this huge, insane And you thing. get paid to advertise stuff on there too. Like some people make a living off of it. And it's so, it's so creepy to me. But it's like, yeah. why do you want somebody like liking something that doesn't know you and it's a big thing like i have like um girl cousins who are like in high school and they're doing this shit and there's like 
all these fucking weird old men that are like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna like that, I'm gonna like that, and they're like, oh, thanks. It's so creepy. So I'm like, they have to make a horror movie out of this. They shit. already made a because it is a horror movie. They made a thriller what? out of Instagram this oh, year what? with um, Aubrey Plaza called Ingrid Goes West, and she like Whoa. falls in love with this uh, sort of like Instagram celebrity played by Elizabeth Olsen. But she's like an Instagram celebrity who's always posting where she's right. eating her avocado toast and where she's purchasing her like. <laughs> designer clothes and stuff kill it and then Aubrey Plaza like latches onto her like stalker style and starts showing up at these places and tries to like become her best friend in real life is it meant to be like a thriller yeah or it's like, like a, a scary... comedy thriller I mean there's dark humor in it but it, it feels more like a thriller than anything whoa this sounds really cool yeah what's it called Ingrid Goes West yeah that, was, that came out like about a month or two ago so it's pretty recent whoa. well that's plenty of uh, stuff to get the conversation started for the day. Maybe totally. a little too much. It's <laughs> a lot. Uh, like I said okay. at the top of the episode, we're going to be talking about a lot of animal attacks, uh, <laughs> horror films, a lot of like nature invades man's domain, <laughs> tries to take back the world, you know? Uh, and we're going to be talking about frogs and bunnies going on some wild rampages. And all that's coming up to you right, right now. now. This film, which our researchers have gathered together, was shot in Australia in 1954 where a plague of rabbits has been and still is a threat. Rabbits so numerous that they threaten man's existence by devouring his crops, killing animals, and destroying property. Rabbits, which seem so cuddly as pets, can become a menace. It's difficult to conceive that such an innocent furry rabbit, scientifically known as lepus, can be so destructive, and as they multiply, so does their demand for food increase. Can this population explosion be contained? Now it's time for our Movie of the Minute segment. This is where hosts of the show bounce back and forth recommending films to each other. Um, this time it was my turn to pick, and since we we're kind of doing these like animal takeover horrors, I wanted to make Brittany watch one of the more ridiculous like animal attack movies I can conjure. Uh, I was thinking about this movie I had seen when I was in high school called Night of the Lepus. Uh, it's a 1972 film, and it is one of those like drive-in era horror films that are like so goofy it's like kind of hard to imagine that it was ever supposed to be scary in the first place but i think it kind of straddles a weird line and the movie is tasked with making bunny rabbits evil uh it starts off with this news reel sort of showing what an overpopulation of rabbits can do to a landscape um i think it's like real footage of australia he's like hunters having to round up rabbits in these burlap sacks because they're like overrunning the landscape and overeating and overpopulating the uh, area. Um, And then what happens is it cuts to the real time in the 1970s where they're experimenting with these rabbits to try to curb their population growth to prevent that kind of like pandemic. And this little girl who works for the two scientists, uh, one of them's played by Janet Lee of Psycho, this little girl who looks like Roto Penmark, she's got this like toe-headed hair, Mm -hmm. and she's not actually evil she's just like idiotically evil right because she's a stupid kid she sneaks out one of the rabbits from their experiment with this new hormone serum that's supposed to stop them from being able to reproduce instead when she keeps this rabbit as a pet and accidentally runs away the hormone makes it grow bigger and bigger and bigger until it's like a kaiju sized rabbit that is like overrunning the (laughs) landscape and making other giant rabbits because bunnies populate very very fast yeah And this mutation spreads throughout the population Mm -hmm. because they make so many new bunnies so quickly. The thing I find really interesting about Lepus is that it is sort of conflicted in its nature. Half of the movie is this sort of like goofy 
and boring, honestly, Western. Uh, Rory Calhoun plays an old rancher in the film. This is set in the Southwest. There's a lot of open landscapes and stuff. Very dusty. It feels like an episode of like Bonanza or something. Mm-hmm. Like it's, uh, <laughs> and the other half of it is this like psychedelic horror film, kind of like Phase 4, the one about the evil ants. Uh, where everything's kind of like just odd feeling. There's all these like close-up shots of rabbit's teeth with like blood on them Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of heavy breathing on the soundtrack from the rabbits. So like you kind of want to laugh at it for being goofy because they're like these killer bunnies. So like they're both cute, but they're also terrifying because they just like a heavy breathing in their wet little rabbit mouths with like red paint splashed (laughs) splashed on them and they'll like hop across miniatures to make them look big so it's like oh look at the cute little rabbit hopping across the miniature uh they'll also have like people in rabbit costumes tackle people so to show the interaction between the rabbits and their victims they'll have someone like in a rabbit costume just tackle another human being or they'll show like a rabbit's paw coming from the side of the screen (laughs) to like grab somebody it's just funny to me how the movie's like half goofy in that way and half legitimately upsetting because the rabbits are kind of gross. Right. Um, do you feel that the same way? I thought it was all just real silly. Um, yeah. You were never grossed out by it? Not really. It was hard because they were so cute. Yeah. They weren't, you know, when you think of a, a mutated rabbit, you would think of, you know, matted hair. Or just, they would need to look kind of dirty. And they're in the damn desert. They're like literally living in like filth and dirt. But they are the cleanest, freshest little bunnies. It looks like they just like had a bath. It just blows my mind that they didn't try a little more. Like, hey, let's just like make their fur look a little grosser or just something. So it was just kind of funny for yeah. the most part. And it's just super, super silly. I guess the killings, like whenever it's the bunny costume person would fall on you know someone and then immediately like within a second of them hitting someone argento style blood fucking everywhere red acrylic (laughs) like kind of blood and that person immediately dies and there's like dead children (laughs) in the movie too like yeah rabbits attack kids which is kind of not that i like to see dead kids in movies but i do (laughs) it just kind of makes it seem more real in a way yeah because you're like if something ever happens it's like evil's not just gonna be like oh there's a kid i never i never expect a horror film to like actually kill a kid and whenever it does i'm always pleasantly surprised right it's like yeah things are pushing that envelope yeah i just i didn't get creeped out i just thought it was silly but it was it was really entertaining and it made me think of um i don't know if it's an issue in the city but like down the bayou um we have like an infestation of nutria what they do is if you're if you're going out like fishing or something like that and you kill like nutria you can bring the tails of the nutria you kill to the wildlife and fisheries and they reimburse you they give you money for it because they're five bucks a tail yeah they're so like overpopulated so it kind of reminded me of that so that'd be cool to make a night of the nutria kind of movie and the nutria teeth are like nasty and yellow oh yeah so that would be like 10 times scarier than these like little bunny teeth i just found like the heavy breathing from the bunnies on the soundtrack and yeah and their gross little mouths oh i think they're cute like whenever they look like they're um a confused fat british butler (laughs) whenever their teeth come out like like you want the monocle to fly on there i don't know i just thought it was really adorable it was it was fun though i really did enjoy it um, Were you bored at all throughout it? or I was getting kind of bored for like the, the more westerny type scenes. Yeah. I was like, where are those fuckers? Who are they going to kill next? That's what I was waiting for. I really um, liked the general store scene where they just break the windows in this general store and they're all like in it. I mean, to the point where it's like they're on top of each other and they're just like doing their little bunny like sniffle with their little teeth showing out. Like, I think 
like miniatures, like miniature sets are so fucking adorable. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, the the general store and right. especially the scene where they're in a house above <laughs> people who are trapped in the basement and uh they're like kind of like terrorizing a living room and the people in the basement are shooting like shotgun blasts through the through the ceiling. Uh so these rabbits are like dodging these explosions in this like tiny little miniature house. Uh <laughs> it just looks so fucking goofy and like really adorable. <laughs> It's just really silly. Uh, yeah, it's a very silly. I mean, and like three years after this, Monty Python had the Search for the Holy Grail. They had like a killer rabbit oh. uh, scene too. Oh, so it seems like they were kind of making fun of this a little bit. It is kind of a silly idea to try to make rabbits like scary. But I think you could. And it, there was this book that I read when I was younger, and I, I don't remember too much about it, but it was called Benicula. It was about a vampire bunny. Oh, I'm so into it. It was the big hit of the Scholastic Book Fair. Oh, yeah? That's all I have to say. <laughs> I mean, you can make a rabbit scary. I think because it's something that just seems so innocent and so adorable, but yet so mysterious because you can never read their big black eyes. Like, you never know where they're going or you can't tell what they're going to do. So I think someone can take that and just actually make it legitimately scary. They just kind of fucked up. <laughs> I really do think that the sounds are what makes it grotesque. Okay. So if, I you're guess not, a- if you're not grossed out by that, then yeah, everything's going to be like so silly to you. Yeah. Uh, Maybe if they had more like smacky noises, like mm-hmm. instead of the breathing, just kind of like a... Yeah, like some kind of so like slurp, so you can like feel that blood and gore going in the little rabbit mouths. Well, this one was also based on a novel called *The Year of the Rabbit*. So if, oh. if you want to read some more like bunny horror, <laughs> it's a thing apparently. Maybe your mind can make them more oh. gross than the movie could. Yeah, maybe so. Uh, a couple goofy things I do in a single out. I love the climax of the movie, even though it is kind of slow. They pull up in this drive-in movie theater where people are watching a horror film from inside their cars, <laughs> and they're like, "Come with us and help save the rabbits." Like they basically use the cards to herd the rabbits in this like electrified railway, and I just really find that idea really funny where it's like the movie goers of America are pitching in to save the rabbits <laughs> so like imagining watching this movie at a drive-in in the 70s and then there's like this drive-in scene where like people are recruited to, to kill the thing that you're watching oh I find God. that really adorable uh, also another thing Cece actually pointed this out when we were watching it Lepus they keep saying that's the Latin word for rabbit in the movie yeah apparently that's not true <laughs> oh shit cause I I guess, like, I'm like, oh, it kind of makes sense because they leap. Yeah. Leapus. I think that's why they chose that word. But okay. But apparently, <laughs> leapus is adjacent to rabbits, like jackrabbit type things. Oh. But the types of bunnies that are in this movie are actually lagus. Uh, Not a lagus. Yeah. That doesn't have a good ring to it, though. I don't know why they just decided to build the whole title around a lie. Um, <laughs> it just seems really weird. <laughs> well, they weren't the smartest bunch, and we can tell. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so you're saying the horror stuff didn't really work for you as well as it worked for me. It's mostly just like a campy lark. Right. Is it goofy enough to recommend, or is the Western stuff like a little too slow? No, I think, I mean, the Western stuff is pretty boring, but I mean, when the bunny attacks are freaking happening, it's like nonstop. Yeah. But no, I thought it was really fun. I would, I'd totally watch it again. Actually, I rented it on Amazon so I could watch it again. Strange behavior. They do look a little odd. Well, we better get him out of here. 
time for our feature conversation uh we're going to be talking about four movies featuring killer frogs uh and joining us as a special guest is hunter king hey y'all hunter uh hosts one of my favorite local radio shows the uh surf rock show on w2l monday nights storm surge of reverb mondays 4 to 6 p.m on wtul that is a consistently awesome show i love listening to that thanks and you also photograph frogs in your free time is that yeah correct? i mean i have I have two pet frogs, and I take photos of them, because they're handsome. I have, I have... <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not gonna lie. At least one of mine is a very handsome frog. The, the new one, I think, my old one was blue, and this one's very green. Anyway, I don't want to yeah. get too bogged down in the frogs. That was not an intentional pun, but I'm loving it. <laughs> Did you get in through that, through, like, photographing concerts, or... Because yeah. it's really nice equipment. Yeah, I, I do a little bit of photography here and there, all volunteer. Here. You know, I used to do stuff for uh, OZ, and I do stuff for... Uh, my wife is in the band Blato's Lato, so I'm sort of their official media team. That's awesome. <laughs> cool. So yeah, you know, it's that's kind of what it is, too. It's kind of a reason for you to use my camera. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I wish today was more of like a celebration of like frog media, but I gotta say, the four <laughs> movies that we found with killer frogs in them, not necessarily the best genre of like sub-horror out there, like... I guess it's hard to make them menacing because they're kind of cute and slow and like not necessarily like scary. I was kind of disappointed. I was like, I was trying to think if there were any other like, not even necessarily horror frog movies, but like I was racking my brain for just any good movies where a frog is prominently featured. <laughs> like there's the that Princess really... and the Frog. That was the best I could think mm-hmm. of. Yeah. <laughs> there's that really beautiful frog mask in uh, the Dr. Fibes movie, the mm-hmm. uh, Prince and Price one. There's like a costume party that they go to. It's like really fancy dress. And somebody has this immaculate frog mask in that movie. But it's like literally like two minutes in this like longer film. I think um, I'm like the only one out of all of us that is just scared of frogs. Yeah, you talked about that in our Ghoulies episode a little bit. And we're back again. Yeah. I had a weird frog experience as a kid where I was using the bathroom and there was a frog in the toilet. No. And then I just like looked down at it and it was staring at me. And I just was so scared it was going to like jump in my butthole and just get like <laughs> lost. So... I don't know. Ever since then, like, now I'm constantly looking for them in toilets, and then I'll see them, and then I'm just like, you're going to be in the toilet soon. I don't know. I just... Something <laughs> about them. So, this... All these are fucking scary for me. You're going to have to, like, tell me which one was the scariest as we go along, because okay. uh, I have a hard time being spooked by these films. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, but I really want to hear, just from that perspective, like, if you're scared of frogs, what is the scariest killer frog movie all right there's um, two but we'll get to them. okay good <laughs> there's two that really scared me uh and another thing is that i don't even think the movies try to make the frogs that scary because mm-hmm. a lot of them aren't actually killers uh they kind of like work around that <laughs> but we'll get into that as we go along the first one that we could find is technically a huge spoiler for the movie but i can't imagine digging the film up unless you know the twist that there is a giant killer frog at the end of it it's titled the maze it's from 1953 uh the basic plot is that there's this young couple that are about to get married and the groom has to rush back home to Scotland from America because his uncle who is Scottish royalty is dying. He cuts off all communication with his fiance and she gets worried about him because it seems like he's calling the wedding off 
And his uncle actually dies and he inherits the Scottish castle. She goes over to Scotland and against his will sort of like instills herself in the, in the castle to like discover the secret of what's tormenting him and making him look super old. Like he's like aged terribly in the couple weeks he's been there. And long story short, huge spoiler, at the end of the film, she finds a giant humanoid frog living in the ca- <laughs> castle grounds in the maze uh, that is actually the master of the castle and not her <laughs> soon-to-be husband. <laughs> What did you think of this movie, Hunter? I, I thought the entire thing, like, it went through so many lengths just to lie to you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like the very name of the movie, The Maze, like, The Maze was completely unimportant to the movie. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> it just happens to be where the frog lives. His pond yeah. was in the maze. <laughs> I, I don't know why What's-His-Name was aging. I don't know why all these people keep dying. I think he's just so stress? stressed out yeah. from having to serve yeah. this frog master. It would have been cool if like the frog was like sucking the lives out of all the people taking right care of yeah them. man they fucked up on that one <laughs> and it starts out with the ant and she's like let me tell you of this horrible tale aunt edith. unspeakable aunt edith yes yeah. <laughs> yeah she's talking directly to the audience it's very like twilight zony yeah like, setting yeah. up a scenario <laughs> and it feels like it should be a twilight zone episode like it doesn't need to be 80 minutes or however long it is no. like it stretches out <laughs> What's supposed to be, like, atmospheric dread and, like, spooky, like, oh, what's the mystery of the horror? But like you said, they stretch it out for so long that by the time the reveal is that there's a frog monster and it's the last ten minutes, it can only really play as a joke. You're not going to be terrified of this sad frog man hopping around the maze. And even if you were terrified, they they tell you not to be terrified. <laughs> like, they're, right. Yeah. He was actually very kind. You know? <laughs> he was embarrassed of the way that he looked. I mean, I thought it was scary because it's just like the biggest frog you can imagine. And it looked realistic, I think. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Honestly, right? it was kind of dark. It was hard yeah, to tell exactly. Yeah, maybe that's why. It was probably yeah. really shitty in real life, but it looked like a really, like, a real giant frog. Well, of the three out of the four movies that we're talking about, the frogs are not, like, normal size, like, holding your hand a pet frog. It's these, like, <laughs> human-sized yeah, people in costumes. That and was very obviously a person in costume. But well, actually, it's the best them. costume, though. Like, if you saw someone That's on good. Mardi Gras or Halloween, like, hopping around in that That's frog true. costume, yeah. you'd be, like, so impressed with the craftsmanship. Because <laughs> uh, it's actually, like, frog-shaped. You don't really see... It's obvious that it's a man in a costume, but you don't see the human body as much. Yeah. It's like this like sculpted rubber frog-shaped mm-hmm. thing, and he actually like commits to hopping around on the ground, which is partly why it's funny, but it, I think it oh, looks yeah. really cool. When he cool. climbs up the stairs to like commit suicide, that's yeah. the very, you can tell it's totally a person so in that part. So he is deathly embarrassed that someone saw his <laughs> frog body, and he hops to the top of the castle immediately, <laughs> so and leaps to his death, which is a pretty goofy uh, image. So what I can't, I don't get, and maybe y'all understand it more than I did. So this guy, shit, Gerald? Is that his name Gerald? The uh, guy who inherits the castle? Yeah. yeah it's Gerald. So Gerald, is he part frog? No. <laughs> so He's just a frog warden. So, yeah. Okay, so I thought it was like, this was like his great, great, great uncle, and then like everybody else came out normal, so they helped him. But then it's just, why didn't they just kill him if they didn't want to help him? Did well, they he, really want to help him? Here's what, where you're getting to like the really fucked up part about this movie, <laughs> okay. is that it's based on a real life story no. about this what? castle in Scotland called the Craven Castle. And basically what happened was someone had a physically deformed child uh, born into royalty, which used to happen because of like incest and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And 
because they were hiding this child from the public for that physical deformity, people sort of making up these stories about like what kind of monster it was or like whether it was a vampire. And they uh, would kind of had these local legends about how the castle was haunted and the child never died and just sort of lived forever. So this movie's based on that one castle in Scotland and the frog monster was born at least a century before this story starts. And Gerald's family isn't actually the royalty that owns the castle. They're the servants. Their duty as a family is to serve this, like, frog master. <laughs> but, they, but the frog master allows them to live in this dope-ass castle. I mean, it's kind of... But I it would... stresses you out to the point where you age rapidly. But, what are you, what are, but like, how is it so stressful? Early, yeah. like, what are they doing to take care of him? They just go see him at the pond and give him food and shit? It seems like at night he just likes to go night swimming is, like, the worst <laughs> thing that he does. I know. Well, you can still get married and just, like... Be like, look, there's a, a giant frog and he doesn't want you to see him. Just stay in this part of this big-ass castle and you'll never see him. So we can get married still. Uh, I think maybe it's a shame thing because he's, like, shamed of right. this, like, frog monster that he locks away from the world. But it's, like, of, all, of 200 years, that's, like, the first time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, something worse had to have happened. Yeah. That's not enough to drive him to kill himself. <laughs> it's really sad. It's it's kind of like a King Kong thing, too. It's, like, oh, yeah. Tis Beauty killed the frog oh. at the end. Because uh, they're just kind of standing around it, and then they have that kind of like in Psycho, where they have like the uh, psycho babble, like Denouement at the end. Like they all sort of stand around. They're like, you know, all human embryos go through all phases of evolution when they're in the womb, and he was just stuck on the uh, amphibian phase, and that's why he lived two hundred years as a frog. <laughs> the oh. whole thing about frogs living two hundred years is so not true. Like, it makes no sense. <laughs> okay, yeah, good. I'm like wondering how long they live. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a thing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I will say this was the one, one of the ones I was actually really charmed by. Like, mm-hmm. I like how classy they try to make it feel. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a few years before the Vincent Price, The Fly, and I feel like it feels pretty similar, even though it's black and white and, like, cheaper. And just all that goofy talk about, like, teratology, the, like, monstrosities of man. Uh, (laughs) I just found all that stuff really charming. Maybe shouldn't have been as long as it was, but I found at least the last 15-20 minutes to be, like, a riot. Uh, (laughs) It was, like, so fancy, though. Like, the very beginning scene where they're having this, like, super elegant dinner, and there's, like, this fancy acrobatic performance going on. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. (laughs) But it's also them killing time, though. Like, do do we need to, like, watch these people perform like even at like i don't even know if it's like 70 or 80 minutes but it's pretty short but even then it feels padded out with like the ant yeah. the ant character really serves no purpose except for to talk to us every now and then mm-hmm. and uh, to fake being sick and shit yeah to help so her stay in the stay castle yeah edith she could have faked her own illness <laughs> to stay at the castle though the right. ant doesn't really do anything exceptional Except for, like, really babying Kitty. Yeah. I guess because her name's Kitty. It's weird. It's really weird. There's a lot of weird, like, sex politics. Because, like, mm-hmm. Gerald won't let her do anything. He's, like, locking her in these different rooms. And the first time she tries to go in the maze, he, like, grabs her arm super hard and, like, oh, ushers and, her back into the house. And Edith ain't having it. Right. She's pissed. <laughs> but um, I think if you get another frog, Sir Roger would be a very <laughs> fitting name. Oh, man, I should have done I should have waited one day. One day. There's more frogs out there. I'm yeah, sure you'll get one right, more eventually right. if they don't live for 200 years. <laughs> Were you charmed at all by this one? or I agree with the lead up. I was just, I thought the the twist at the end was such like they had tried so many things to divert us from that that like... I felt kind of hoodwinked. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And I think, like, if you were in the 1950s, like, a night out on a Friday going to the theater, you would have oh, been man. especially pissed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's hard to imagine an, 
a time or an audience, even like a young kid, where this doesn't play as a joke whenever yeah. you see yeah. the frog. They should have just made it a deformed person. <laughs> I thought it was funny, too, that the frog, like, clearly sounded like an elephant. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like roars. It's kind of... It kind of alternates between elephant and lion. Like, yeah. yeah. There's no ribbits, I don't think. No. But while we're going on frog accuracy, the fact that he leapt from the, the top, like, I, was, I thought about it last night when I... Well, actually, this morning, I was taking my frog from its old enclosure into its new enclosure. He got some new digs. And of course, he was really nervous, so he, of course, jumps out of my hand and falls like three and a half feet, you know. Frogs will just jump and not care about themselves, so... (laughs) Accuracy. They're They're really soft, like, that can't be good for their little bodies. No, I'm always terrified when it happens. They kind of splat, you know? So maybe he didn't mean to kill him, so maybe he was just like, shit, I need to get away. Yeah. And he was just like, "Uh uh-oh. And that's how Sir Roger died. That's kind of how it made it sound that he was just like so spooked that like he didn't even know what he was doing. He was just right. running away. It wasn't a purposeful yeah. jump. Yeah. Okay. And he was so sad. I feel bad for Sir Roger. Oh, I, definitely. It's weird. It's like I feel very bad for him, but he was also so like disturbing to me. Yeah. But he also like he made um, Gerald throw his life away to to take care of him. Yeah. Okay, when I think about that, I don't feel as bad about right. Sir Roger. Because he ruined so many lives. Yeah. And I think he scares a maid to death halfway into the film too. But we don't get to see <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so two years later, uh, two years later, 20 years later, <laughs> two, two decades later. I was wondering if I missed one. No, my bad. Uh, so 1972 Frogs uh, is the title. It's got the one film where we actually see regular size, regular proportion frogs hopping around in a menacing way. This is an AIP release. Uh, they used to do a lot of Corman's movies um, mm. from the 50s until the 70s. And I, I had seen it once before, but I didn't really remember much about it. And the thing that I had sort of messed up in my mind was I figured the frogs that were swarming on this small island where this millionaire was hosting this like house party were the killers in the film. Yeah. But it turns out that the frogs are just around to provide a soundtrack of like menacing ribbits <laughs> and these other things on the island. More reptiles. Yeah. Lizards, uh, moss, uh, mm-hmm. little baby alligators, <laughs> uh, basically everything but frogs snakes snakes yeah. a lot of snakes um alligator snapping turtle i was yeah. pretty psyched about that uh. one uh so we open this film with a young mustache free sam elliott looking <laughs> hot as fuck mm-hmm. uh canoeing around the swamp and taking pictures <laughs> of uh different frogs and different lizards and things in the swamp <laughs> And he's basically trespassing on this millionaire's property as this, like, hippie. And he is there to document both the beautiful nature of the area and the pollution that this millionaire is committing yeah. with all these pesticides and, like, trash from the parties. Uh, little kids set off fireworks uh, the garbage, to spook the animals. It looks like my neighborhood when it floods a little bit. <laughs> it's just kind of like all the stuff from the convenience store that people throw in the ground. I'm like, oh, it's just it's so nasty. <laughs> and then, uh, basically, what we get is the island revolting against that pollution. There isn't much of a yes! plot, except that these people are awesome. trapped at this mansion in the swamp island, and the island starts throwing, like we said earlier, like snakes... Uh, there's this poisonous moss that like debilitates people so that spiders can crawl over them. Yeah. Um, Don't fuck with nature. <laughs> it's gonna fuck with you. So as far as like eco horror goes, a lot of times it comes across goofier than scary. Is this one of the scarier ones for you as a frog hater? These were all bullfrogs. They were like big ass like frogs. They weren't even like the cutesy green color. They were like this nasty like 
I don't know, like browns and greens. And Can I like, jump in on this? Yeah, tell tell me. Those were American toads. Oh, they're oh, toads. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> there were a few frogs in the movie, but I'd say 90% of what you saw were toads. So what's the difference between a frog and a toad? In general, like the more warty ones, yeah, the more like bumpy ones, those are toads. Okay, I wasn't into that. Um, and then uh, frogs tend to have sort of bigger hind legs, you know, they're hoppier. Yeah. And they're more slimy looking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so these were, okay, that's why they were so, like, they're just like so gross. I'm yeah. Like, well, gross. They're, <laughs> they're so kind of flat and, and like bumpy. I don't know. Yeah. Like their bodies are flat, but they have this like warts all over. Oh, but them. they have like these big bellies too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were chubby. <laughs> and they're loud. Like most of the soundtrack ah. of this movie is frog ribbons. Mm-hmm. Or toad ribbits, apparently. Oh, so many of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, did, were y'all kind of disappointed by the lack of like frog action in the kills? Or I like the kills. Like, yeah, I, I, I like the kills. What's yeah. her face? The butterfly hunter huntress. I don't know. Her that name. was that's so the best funny. one. Yeah. She's like trying to catch a butterfly, and it's like she almost killed herself. Like, She's just <laughs> stumbling all over the right. place. Right. I'm like, <laughs> they're not even moving at you. You can just walk away right now. Was she like rattlesnake murdered in that in that scene? I think a bunch of different stuff. Or, yeah, yeah, there was a few. I think the leeches. rattlesnake. Oh, yeah, there were some leeches. Yes. I want to say the rattlesnake did her in, right? Right at the end of the. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's already been through an ordeal, and the snake. Well, because like, she was her off. she was catching butterflies to add to her collection, so she was fucking with nature. <laughs> <laughs> she shouldn't have done that. I think the the funniest kill for me is when the lizards are in the greenhouse. Yeah. And they overturn all these like bottles of poisonous <laughs> gas. Yes. Uh, and basically fill fill the greenhouse with this like just like unbreathable air. Uh, but the funny like thing cats about it, pushing things off of a yeah. shelf, like, <laughs> and then they stick out their little tongues to smell the air, and it, and it looks like they're laughing, <laughs> yeah, like they're going, <laughs> they're like little pranksters, right? Um, is this movie Slugs from the late '80s that Ooh. recreates that exact scene, except that they like blow up the greenhouse instead of like uh, gassing it? Well, after that greenhouse death, no one gives a shit. This guy's dead. Like his girlfriend yeah. that he brings <laughs> along, she's just like. Ah! And then she just kind of gives a little scream bell or whatever her name is. And she just kind of like goes back and they're like, he's dead. Mr. Crockett, a little <laughs> old man. He's just like, all right, no one leaves unless I say so. Yeah. And that's all he says. Like there's someone who's dead. Like your family member's freaking dead. He <laughs> argues with weird. progress a lot in the movie. Like he argues with Sam Elliott, who's this kind of like yeah. hippie, uh, progressive guy, like this eco-friendly mm-hmm. activist. And then he also argues with his, like, for lack of a better word, is like, servants. Like, he has help. Oh, Uh, yeah. And so there's, like, a lot of racial tension there. Oh, yeah. And, like, how, um, well, the guy that died, his girlfriend, Belle, is black. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And she's, like, a fashion model. Right. And she actually makes friends with the help immediately. Because they have the same name. Oh, that's right. But she goes by, like, Belle instead Mm -hmm. of, like, Maybelle. Maybelle, yeah. Maybelle. So, yeah, I, I think the movie has, like, a point of view, even though it's, like, kind of goofy in its execution it's like anti-pollution mm-hmm. uh-huh. and anti this like old guard of like basically man or humanity believing that it has dominion over the earth the yeah. movie like is an attack film <laughs> but it's also like so goofy like it's such mm-hmm. a goofy film do you um, think that Pickett Smith was Sam Elliott like yeah Jada Pickett Smith <laughs> was supposed to be just like this super like a hero kind of i don't know like he always like managed to lose his shirt just was i mean just super rough kind of dude like the way he talked and everything like that was he supposed to be like the hero that was supposed to come and like save the good people from the island i think so i think he's like the audience surrogate in that way uh also he was kind of auditioning for this movie lifeguard that came out two years later Uh, so So, 
Yeah. Thank totally. God. Totally. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was like showing off how beautiful he looks without his shirt on. Right. And he oh. really does look beautiful, but. <laughs> well, that's another episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have to watch Lifeguard for right. some reason. Have <laughs> <laughs> a Sam El- shirtless Sam Elliott themed uh, episode. So I had kind of a theory about why the frogs aren't killing people. Oh. I think that they're like controlling the other animals. Yeah, I kind of thought that too. Yeah. Because <laughs> they were, yeah, I mean, they were so bold. They would croak first and then things would happen. There's a lot of shots of just the frog staring and then like, yeah, like you said, other animals like coming in to yeah. do the dirty work. Nature's witches. Oh my God. Uh, if wow. that is true, they did no like narrative justice to like push that story across. Like, yeah, <laughs> you kind of have to like infer it. The um, coolest like fuck you moment was whenever the frogs on the American flag cake just like fucking it all up. It's like, screw oh, yeah. you. Fuck you, America. <laughs> that was great. So, yeah. Why'd you throw that in there? But what were you going to say? Well, the, um, the dog, you know, the, the dog was not on the animal team. No. He stuck with the human team. I noted that. You he know? was a traitor. <laughs> to play, I know. He was scared. Like, I didn't even realize there was a dog until, like, that very end scene where Mr. Crockett gets, like, attacked. Yes. And he was with him. I will say, as, like, goofy as the actual attacks are, this has that, like, 70s movie problem. I think this is around the time where, like, everyone in the movie industry was high on pot all the time. Mm-hmm. Where there's just, like, no drive hmm. to get the story, like, to the finish line. Like, it's kind of like a weird hangout film. Yeah. There's not a lot of plot once the conflict is set up. And this is directed by a guy, George McCowan, who did a lot of, like, TV. Like, he did, like, Charlie's Angels episodes I and, like, Starsky and Hutch. totally see that. Yeah, it's got that cheap, like, kind of go-nowhere quality to it. <laughs> but... I was at least, like, won over by the end when they have these, like, series of fake-out endings. You see them get away in the car, running away from the island, uh, Sam Elliott and, and the, like, love interest. And they get in a car, and it's kind of like the fake-out at the end of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where, like, they're like, oh, finally we got away. And then a little kid in the car has a giant, like, toad in his <laughs> hand. Uh, and is like, look what I got. And then it freeze-frames as if it's the last scene of the movie. But then we go back to the mansion... <laughs> And we see more frogs swarm this, uh, the millionaire as he's alone in his house. Mm-hmm. The last person standing on the island. Uh-huh. And then, after all of that, in the credits, there's a cartoon frog that hops across the screen. <laughs> With like a little... With like a human hand yeah. in its mouth. And then it slurps it up like spaghetti. <laughs> that is so cute. I was, like, kind of done with that. It was just running while I was doing something else, and then I saw that, and I'm like, whoa, what? <laughs> it didn't seem to fit in with anything, but I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I loved it, too. It doesn't really fit in with the tone, though, no. right? It's like a comedy moment. Yeah. <laughs> I wish they would have had it in the beginning. Like, if the title credits would have all been animated. Yeah, especially because cool. what you were talking about with the go-nowhere quality, the beginning especially, I was like, oh, boy, this is going to be pretty dry. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And it, thankfully, I think it picked up a little bit. Mostly with the kills the kills are fun yeah yeah yeah. right but uh that opening scene just seemed like it was gonna be a a slow quiet 70s movie well i I think it did better than that in the end i mean if you're gonna like redo this kind of movie this eco horror film genre i think what you have to do is make it like a zazz spoof that last moment with the frog cartoon slurping up the hand, like you said, that has to come at the beginning. Yeah, that was And weird. then the kills have to be more over the top and more frequent. Yeah. But I like the idea of, like, naming the movie Frogs, and it's not actually about killer frogs. <laughs> it's not even about frogs. It's about toads. No. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> like, I think there's like a joke to be made out of this, and this one is just a little slow in delivering it. It's not going to be like a laugh a minute riot fest to recommend to somebody, but I could see how like a few people watching this, like with some beers or whatever, mm-hmm, would have right. a fun time with it. So I have a friend that uh, like works for zoos. Actually, she just quit the zoo trade, but she worked in several zoos. Some herpetologist friends, I guess. Yeah. That's the word for reptile study, the study of reptile amphibians, herpetology. Nice. And I asked her, like, you know, have you ever seen Frogs, the 1972 film? She said, no, but, like, I really should. It always comes up at these, like, trade shows. Like, apparently (laughs) it's, like, an industry cult favorite. They all know it. They all reference it. And part of it, too, is, like, the animals you see in it. Like, those were toads instead of frogs. I think those were Nile monitors, which are definitely not... I think this is in Florida? Yeah. 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 It was definitely Florida shot flat. in Florida. Definitely no mo- Nile monitors in Florida. No toke geckos. That's what the <laughs> little lizards were. I used to have one. Oh, cool. um, <laughs> they are really mean, though. They, I didn't see them bite them, maybe, but they, 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 just they, they love to bite died. you. Yeah. <laughs> Just knowing all these uh, these reptiles was kind of fun for me, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Especially because they were out of place and it made it a little goofier. There's a wide variety of them for sure. Yeah. There's a lot of like baby alligators, like just born alligators. Right, yeah. And they're super cute. But the and I was wondering when a scared. real alligator was going to come in. I'm like, oh, there he is. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Was, that was an awesome scene. Have you ever seen alligator people from no. the 50s? I don't uh, think so. It's set in Baton Rouge uh, and it's kind of a ripoff of the fly so uh-huh. this guy gets his like dna mixed with an alligator but there's like gators everywhere in that film and like uh that sounds awesome people like yeah. walk over them like almost like they forgot they were filming like these dangerous animals <laughs> um, but yeah that one's awesome next movie on the list not so awesome i feel like <laughs> this is obviously the worst one we watched i, I doubt anyone's gonna conflict no, that that's 100 percent correct yeah. uh this is our first trauma film that we've ever covered on this show <gasps> And according to Lloyd Kaufman, one of the best films Troma ever released. Okay, wait, hold on. Because I saw that on the Wikipedia page, and then I looked it up somewhere else. Like, I was just reading a review somewhere else, and I saw one where he said the exact opposite. It was one yeah. of the five worst ones he had ever released. So He is a senile old man. Maybe he's like... That's true. <laughs> just, yeah, he's yeah. like, I knew it was, I had a really strong opinion about it. I couldn't remember if it was positive or negative. <laughs> Well, if he said it's one of the worst, I agree with that. Um, <laughs> and they've released some pretty bad movies. Uh, this is Croaked, Frog Monster from Hell. Uh, also released under the title Rana, Legend of the Shadow Lake. <laughs> Which is way better. I like Croaked, Frog Monster from Hell. That's I a like pretty good title. Rana, it almost sounds like it's like ancient Rana. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you watch the movie on YouTube under Troma's official channel... I did. Because that's the free way to watch it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they play it under the title croaked frog monster from hell but they left the rana lake monster uh title card in the actual film yeah so like they can't even get their own the thumbnail (laughs) too but yeah yeah and the poster i was thinking did y'all watch it on youtube yeah i did it was so hard to watch i was wondering if yeah because it was on youtube or if it was like i was watching on dvd it'd be a different experience i was wondering about that too because some of the things you couldn't even really make yeah like the monster itself, you couldn't really make out. Right. I mean, Troma is notoriously cheap. Like, that's why right. they exist. Yeah. Is that's so why there's could... a million movies. Right. <laughs> I would expect this was actually shot yeah. on VHS, and like, uh, mm-hmm. directly, so it already was fuzzy in its original form. Mm-hmm. And whatever transfer they used when they uploaded, like, hundreds <laughs> of their own movies for free to YouTube, <laughs> they just, like, didn't bother. 
This one also, besides like looking blurry and not being able to like visibly make out what's going on, is also confusing narratively. You have this guy telling the story from his youth at the fireside while he's kind of making out with this woman. And they've returned to this island from when he was a kid. Flashback to the island and there's these different groups trying to find this like treasure in the lake and avoid this like frog monster. Right. So you have this group of scientists, you have uh, loggers who are working on the island. <laughs> you have these townies, which is the little kid who's telling the story in flashbacks and his dad. Yeah. And then you also have this like crazy drunk fur trapper who like lives on <laughs> Charlie. <in> the <laughs> Charlie. He's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Who's very much like Lon Chaney Jr. Mm-hmm. in uh, Alligator People. It's the exact same yeah. character. So what I was a little confused about at first was just that the kid as an old man when he's like telling these flashback stories yeah. looks way too similar to the people actually in the story. Right. Like it doesn't look like there's been any like year change. Like obviously this was probably going to be taking place in like the fifties or some shit. Yeah. But it looks yeah. like it's the seventies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's just like not enough differentiating between the two timelines and there's really no point for them to keep flashing back to these people making out by a fire and like narrating the stories. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And basically there's this creature from the black lagoon type character who is the, the God of the lake <laughs> where they are kind of like the same swamp island set up as uh, frogs and all these like Native American tribes that used to live on the island would give him gold to appease him basically so he has this treasure in the lake and the scientists want to study the, the lake monster the uh, fur trapper just wants to survive the loggers want to steal the gold from the right. lake monster mm-hmm. And basically the lake monster wants to be the hell alone until he's so aggravated that he starts killing all of them. Right. Uh, maybe once his gold is disrupted. I don't even, even know why he starts attacking <laughs> it. It doesn't make that much sense. And it doesn't really matter because the movie's super boring. Oh, God. The whole um, Kelly as a kid versus as an adult thing. Mm-hmm. It should have just been in the beginning him being like, well, when I was younger. And then it fades. And it, let that be the bulk of the movie. And don't like keep coming in and out because there are some times where I'm like, wait, are we still in the same like time frame like is this him when he was a kid or you know like were the loggers that like what the fuck's going on it was very crazy <laughs> and he's such like a weird kid yeah he's like a very like woo i love feeding my baby deer and <laughs> it's a great day outside and he's like swimming with this like lady and she's wearing a bathing suit that totally looks like a 70s bathing suit even though it was like 20 years <laughs> ago oh god it's kind of like what you were talking about at the top of the episode with blank check too like He's hitting on this character who's yes. way older than him the whole time. Yeah. So that's kind of weird. It's super... <laughs> I hate that shit. But I do have to say that you might be able to add more about the frog situation here. They're very... They're slimy ones. Oh, yeah. Those... They're I think gooey. the the first, like, in all the mm-hmm. movies, I'm like, oh, this one actually does have frogs. Right. <laughs> so that's one thing I got right. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. And of course, Rana himself, the mm-hmm. half man, half frog, like, that's just kind of a guy in a green suit. I thought like, it was the scuba guy for, like, the most part. I'm like, wait, Rana... The Scuba guy? Oh, Wait, I, I rewatched it? the scene where he was killing the scuba guy several times because I couldn't decide whether they were showing the monster or like, not. Who won? <laughs> like, <laughs> right, right. No. Well, he's got like webbed hands and he's green. That's like the most frog-like thing about him. I guess his yeah. skeleton has kind of a frog shape to it. Because later they show, in the present time, they show his bones and he has like a frog-shaped head. Yeah. But we don't really see that much of him. Like they kind of keep him in the dark. They keep him off screen. Uh-huh. Which is the most frustrating kind of creature feature. Like you want to mm-hmm. see the monster. You want to see like clear attacks. Uh, and it's just like a bunch of dialogue between a bunch of idiots. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and a lot of uh, slow motion deaths. 
Yeah. I like, did, like, um, crazy old man Charlie that, like, has, like, a goat that he sleeps with. Yeah. And he kind of reminds me of, um, I don't know if y'all have ever seen Sling Blade with Billy Bob Thornton. Mm-hmm. Or he's like, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> yes, I did. I'm sorry on the hair. Uh-huh. Like, he just really reminded me of that. So I'm sure, like, whenever, like, Billy Bob Thornton did a character study for <laughs> Sling Blade, he definitely watched Crows. <laughs> And Charlie the Hermit was really what he based that character off of. He was so much more of a character than anybody else in the yeah. movie. He was a good like, time. Yeah, including, <laughs> yeah, including Rana. Yeah, oh, 100%. He reminded me a lot of the drunk uh, magician in uh, Ghoulies 2. Uh, yeah. And also, like I said earlier, Lon Chaney Jr., who's obsessed with killing alligators and alligator people. It's like the exact same character. Um, yeah, which is kind of old-fashioned for an 80s movie to have that like 50s like crazy old kook uh, running free in the island but he was definitely the most entertaining part uh, mostly because the kills are pretty weak the frog monster doesn't really do much to people like the earliest kill someone throws a harpoon in the water and the harpoon just kind of comes back at them into their canoe and stabs them to the chest so we don't know if he did it later there's a kill where his frog hand is coming from off screen and smashes someone's face into a tree until like their head's crushed which is pretty brutal but right, like yeah. I don't know. I wanted to see the frog do it. I liked when the frogs came out his mouth. Oh, oh yeah, that yeah. was great. Cool. Yeah, I liked the the one kill. Well, I guess no, it wasn't a kill, but there was a jump uh, when they were like talking about the frog the frog monster, and then you just bust through the window like mid sentence. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only scene in the movie that I got a huge laugh out of. Like yeah. I had to pause it and watch it again because it was so surprising. Because you, you don't expect a movie that is so light on ideas to like yeah. surprise you right. that late in the runtime. Uh, and the last like fifteen minutes are pretty much all mayhem from there. Like from mm-hmm. when he jumps into the kitchen and invades their home <laughs> until the end where he's like shot with a flare gun. It's pretty much nonstop. Like and then back violence and between the people too. Yeah, I guess because they're fighting over the gold. There really isn't that much focus on the gold. Like yeah, I don't understand. Do they most even of the conflict. show what it looks like? No, or we don't see the idea. <laughs> yeah. So weird. We go back to his lair and see his bones, but I don't remember seeing his treasure. Yeah, I didn't no. see anything shiny. Yeah. Well, like a lot of trauma movies, um, more interesting in concept than in execution. Uh, <laughs> yes. It doesn't seem like people cared very much when they made this. Like, it was just kind of rushed to this completion. This is like before Toxic Avenger. And I would assume so. That, right? Yeah. What year was it? 81. So when was Jaws? 75. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Because yeah, there were some moments where I thought they were sort of pulling from Jaws. Oh, like the underwater like swimming scene? From yeah. just under yeah. the lily pads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and even a little bit of music, uh, musical cues yeah, every once in a right. while. Of course, I thought, you know, that was also the reason we weren't seeing much of the monster was, you know, Jaws style, you know, but... No, we just didn't end up seeing the monster and much. It wasn't, like, <laughs> it wasn't even a big deal when you saw them. It Which like, is, oh, okay. It's weird, too, because a lot of Jaws ripoffs from the late 70s, early 80s are, like, just actual animals. Like, there's the Razorback one is about, like, a boar. Mm-hmm. And there's Grizzlies about a bear. There's an octopus one. They all are from just showing, like, an animal that got too big. And this one is just, like, a guy in a costume. So when you finally see it, there's nothing to be impressed by or anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just a dude. And not nearly as, like, well-crafted of a costume as the one in the maze. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, no. Which I really like that costume. Yeah. <laughs> or the creature from the Black Lagoon, which was sort of the closest oh, yeah. analog that I could think of. For yeah, sure. Right. The last movie is my favorite on the list. <laughs> uh, this is from 1988. 
It's called Hell Comes to Frogtown. Uh, this is the only other movie I can name starring Rowdy Roddy Piper, uh, the professional wrestler, who of course starred in They Live, the John Carpenter classic. Uh, here, he is operating in this post-apocalyptic wasteland that used to be America. Kind of like the aftermath of the nuclear war we're on the verge of right now. Like, people didn't mean to start a holocaust. So they just like this happens. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, just sort of like testing each other. Like, oh, I'm just going to launch a couple missiles to like show you how big I am. Yeah. It gets out of hand. We're in this like Mad Max wasteland after the fact. <laughs> Very obviously a Mad Max ripoff. Mm-hmm. Except it's really cartoonishly goofy and sort of like plays to a 12-year-old, 14-year-old boy's sense of humor oh it reminds yeah. me kind of a not a lot of but like the super mario brothers movie yes yes which i love yeah <laughs> it's a great well, film good. the um <laughs> dancer frog lady mm-hmm. like was a goomba pretty much in my yeah. head yeah like. <laughs> <laughs> totally. so roddy roddy piper is very valuable in this post-apocalyptic wasteland because he is the most virile man alive <laughs> A lot of people have been left infertile by the nuclear fallout, but not him. He has a high sperm count and a high libido, and he will fuck anything. (laughs) He is under the domain of this new government, which is basically a pharmaceutical company called Medtech. Mm -hmm. It's this matriarchal government uh, that's mostly run by women, and they force his hand to become a soldier in their army against infertile people. Basically, he is enlisted to... Find as many fertile women in the wastelands as he can and impregnate them. Which apparently everybody wants to fuck him. Otherwise, this would yeah, be like government sanctioned rape. Easy. Yeah, it was, I hated how they were like, "Oh, we have to rescue the fertiles." Yeah, like, just calling them like the fertiles. Just oh, it just uh. it was so gross. So his name is Sam Hell, as in like what the what in the Sam Hill or whatever. And it, his mission is to go literally to Frogtown. He is. Uh, issued a government-sanctioned chastity belt, which is this machine that electrocutes his dick if he tries to run away. But it's, like, from her earring. There's, like, a lieutenant who's, like, in charge of him who uh, controls his chastity belt with her jewelry. Like, Spangle Banner? Yeah. Yeah. Or something, like, very patriotic name. This mission to impregnate people would be pretty easy if it weren't for greeners, who are these mutated humans who've become frog-like in the wastelands. Uh, and the main greener who's running this shanty town called Frogtown out in the middle of the desert is named Commander Toadie. Uh, and Toadie has a group of women he's holding in a harem. These are like regular fertile human women uh, that he will not release back into the wild. And it is Roddy Roddy Piper's patriotic duty to bust these women out of this Frogtown shanty prison mm-hmm. and impregnate all of them right like i said it's kind of like a 14 year old boy's sense of humor it doesn't really understand sex between <laughs> human adults at all and it's just weird to see these like actually like well-crafted frog costumes even though they're not yeah. very expressive they are like well-made they're nice. kind of like uh old planet of the apes costumes like the mouths don't move right but they look cool and it feels to me like someone's high school erotic literature got out of hand (laughs) and accidentally got made into a movie. (laughs) Like, there's so much focus on sexuality, but such an adolescent understanding of sexuality. Well, this is the first um, movie from Donald Jackson, and apparently, like, I was reading, I've never, this is the first movie I've ever seen by him, but apparently he's like the Ed Wood. People, like, describe him as like the Ed Wood of, of the 80s. So he's done a shit ton of movies. There's multiple Frogtown sequels. (laughs) Multiple Frogtowns. There's a movie, I mean, he's making, he might still be making movies, I don't know, but there was like a huge list, and I remember one that 
really like stood out to me was Pocket Ninjas. 1994. Is it like Tiny Ninjas? Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. So, I don't know anything about it, but I'm into it. Yeah, and then concept. there was another movie called Baby Ghosts. <laughs> so there's Although, a couple I've like put on my to watch list. After the name, you know, like who knows? There could be a ghost named Baby. That could be like ooh, yeah. right. I was yeah. just picturing like I was one not of those, expecting like, Hell comes to Frogtown to be literal. Like yeah, there is a man hell. named Hell. Yeah. Oh my god! But no, this was like I was surprised about how much I would like it. Like, I thought, after seeing Croaked, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be similar to Croaked. Just, mm-hmm. like, a shit show. But it was actually pretty fun. Was this shell's favorite on the list as well? This is my favorite. It's my favorite. It's my favorite, I think. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I, I was, I did like Frogs, despite them being toads. Yeah, yeah I think but... Frogs is my second favorite. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like the, the maze, I like the maze a lot, too. Because it's just, like, oh, yeah. a classier, like, drive-in era of full, like, stupid movie. How Comes to Frogtown was, it was so funny. And they had, yeah. like, um, when they go to Frogtown, I like how the frog mutants have their own, like, characters. It's not just, like, random frog mutants. Like, there's the Toady, Commander Toady. Toady, who has three dicks. <laughs> the three snakes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That the, and the he's worst like, joke. <laughs> and while he's watching the snake dance or whatever, he's, like, getting so fucking hard. Yeah. Like, frog hard. It's so weird. We don't actually get to see his snake dicks, oh, which no. I find disappointing no i was yeah. very thrilled I did not <laughs> see that. So, maybe they come out in two well there's a lot of like build up like the dance of the three snakes they might kill you the dance of the three snakes yeah. like what is going on and then if it turns out he has three penises it's and, a dick joke the whole time yeah. <laughs> right it just took us all like it took me a while to get it and bull who's like trying to saw the cod piece off Mm -hmm. and like he makes this like comment while like he sam's kind of like hanging and he's making all these like crazy ass noises it's like oh you're one weird dude (laughs) (laughs) well they call him bull because he like usually carries around a bullwhip but most of what we see him do in the movie is operate a chainsaw trying to remove this chastity belt right uh, so funny. I assume there's like a, a bullfrog thing going on too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. But what's that woman frog's name? I don't remember. Oh yeah, there's a stripper frog that falls madly in love oh. with Roddy Roddy Piper as soon as How he sees her. How can you not? And Just then, as everybody does. Right. And then going back to the adolescent like boy. Wonder she was fertile. Uh, there's like a joke about. How he only will make love with her if she has a burlap sack over her head, which is like so grotesquely sexist. Right. But the movie is so asinine and coming from such like a young little kid's like fever dream, like that I can't get mad at it for being gross. Like it's just so dumb. (laughs) Okay, so uh, you're saying like 14 year old boy. I don't know. I'm thinking this might be like a 25 year old weirdo. Oh, God. Like, I don't know. Like, if there was, if, they, if I had a 14 year old kid that was like fucking having frog fantasies like that, I don't know. I would definitely like put it into it. I don't know what the average age of a furry is, but I feel like there's probably no, some they're in their 20s. amphibian 100%. subset of furries that would love this movie. Totally. Yeah. Ooh, we have to find them. <laughs> like, I guess part of the reason I'm saying Literatica mm-hmm. is that uh, it feels like like a story that has a much bigger world built around mm-hmm. it. Like, almost as if it were a comic book series. or that there were multiple stories that were written in this like world and this is just the one we happen to see it kind of makes sense to me that there's multiple sequels even though it's Mm -hmm. like dumb ephemera yeah yeah i felt like the world was like a little too interesting for like the like hyper focus on sex yeah (laughs) i wonder if like i'm curious to see like see more of this guy's movies but like i mean i wonder if that's like a focus on all of them like pocket ninjas like (laughs) how much did rowdy rowdy piper like carry the film for you do you find him like entertaining because i I love to him like i didn't i just remember like they live 
from a long time ago on sci-fi and i'm like oh like he that's where he's from and then yeah. i'm like oh he's fun like i want to <laughs> see all his movies i mean oh, i Scott. love anything with a pro wrestler in it i'm like I automatically interested. i feel yeah. like this was more wrestling style yeah. than even they live you know like they live i think he was a little more like a little cooler yeah, yeah. and this one it was just he dumb didn't have jokes his clothes and, on and silly the mugging the whole time i was wondering like his build and i'm like why is he like built like that that's weird for an actor and then i'm like okay yeah. <laughs> he also wears these like scraps uh hanging out of his pants <laughs> yeah. which looks like his ring gear which is a kilt uh, <laughs> whoa yeah Wait, so that's why Piper. Like, yeah, he a kilt, like, supposedly pipe. he's Scottish, but he's not. <laughs> he was he was just such a goofball the entire movie. Yeah. This is almost. I, this is. I have a feeling this is not going to resonate with anybody. But I almost get like he was a stupid Han Solo. Yeah, like, totally. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, Indiana Jones kind of. It's that yeah. like adventurer spirit, right? Like he keeps like making these like he tries to make them pun, like puns and stuff like that. But yeah, he's supposed to be sort of like smart. smarter than everybody, or like sarcastically going through this like. Can you believe this bullshit I have to deal with? Yeah. But I can't believe the bullshit. It's like so many people right now. This is not a real situation. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Uh, he doesn't get a, a line as good as the kick ass and chew bubble gum line from right. They Live, but he does get to mm-hmm. shout, um, eat lead, froggy. Yeah. When he kills Tony with a shotgun. Like, there were some lines, but they were not like... There was nothing to them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, there's no t-shirt, t-shirts out there with eat lead, froggy. But there probably is because there's going to be a furry group that's a froggy group. <laughs> oh, no. froggy. Do they have to have a different movie. name? Because there's no fur. Slimers. Slimies. Gross. I would join. I want to meet my fear head on. <laughs> Uh, I just, I find this one very dumb and entertaining. Like, as far as, like, uh-huh. you know, when you get in the mindset, like, I'm going to watch a, like, highly stupid movie. This is one of those. Like, it yeah. actually like, delivers on the idiocy of its, like, premise. And it's premise. entertaining from, like, start to finish. Like, there's not, like, any weird, long, boring mm-hmm. part. It's just everything's kind of fun the whole time, which I like. There was a, a moment when they were fleeing Frogtown. You know, they're in this kind of welded-together car. You know, they're, they're being chased by a welded-together car with this huge antagonist and a car full of fertile women and I was like oh my god we're on Fury Road yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. you got got these two heroines in the car like badass women I'm like and this fertile ladies weirdly (laughs) maybe George Miller's just been watching all the ripoffs of his work over the years and he finally found inspiration for a new one he's like there's one more story to tell (laughs) I did not imagine that this movie would prophesize anything (laughs) that'd be a fun double feature honestly if you watch this and then Fury Road like right after I I was kind of I thought about it (laughs) yeah um, but it's not a feminist work the way Fury Road oh, no. is. Like, uh, Fury Road's like like whole thing is like women are not things. Like you can't own us, and they actually allow like the women to overpower the narrative. In this one, it's all about Roddy Roddy Piper's like ultra macho persona. Like even though he's in a matriarchy and these women are in charge, technically he's like kind of running the show. Right. He's the most important thing because his dick is so good. It's almost like, oh, Jesus. It's almost like a light handmaid's tale. Oh no. Where it's like, oh, here's all the fertile ladies, but they're into it. Yeah. Fuck. 
<laughs> that is a good thing though. Like if if there's a version of this movie which could have easily come from this time where the women were resisting him and he still had to get them pregnant, this would be unwatchable. Oh god. Like yeah. I like that it has a goofy little kid's understanding of like how people are attracted to each other. Right. Uh, and like the way this works. I am also <laughs> thankful that he he's not totally gung ho on everything. You know, yeah. like he's thinks about his daughter and like, you know, <laughs> They they ask him to have sex with that one woman. And he's like, nah, 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 oh, and he I has to like do it. get turned on by Spangle. Yeah, because he really likes her, even though he's like taking glasses off the whole time. I, I wouldn't he say that was glasses. a feminist win in any way. No. <laughs> well, also he like fixes her with his dick. They have sex, and then the next morning she's like a whole new person and like eloquent and like cleaned up and stuff. Like he like saves her from like. Desert madness <laughs> by having sex with her this and getting like, her pregnant. Yeah, this is like more porn than a frog movie. It could easily be porn. There's just some yeah. cutscenes missing. A hundred percent. And maybe there's an alternate version out there in in that uh, guy's like I mean, secret library. <laughs> my wife walked in on me watching the movie and she's like, "What are you watching? <laughs> <laughs> How did you explain yourself? You can't. You can't." And then I was like, "Hold on for a second. It'll reveal itself." Let me tell a little bit about what goes on in Frog Town. I think I, I clued her in, and she's like, okay. <laughs> well, I would like to thank the YouTube user I Shot Bin Laden Bitch for uploading this. Because <laughs> I've watched it three times in the past six months. <laughs> I haven't looked through their other uh, videos, but this is providing a service that you can watch. Who is uh, he? Yeah. <laughs> can I weigh in on frog realism? Because oh, please do. I did not expect to see any. Um, but I actually thought uh, uh, Commander Toady, like, his head looked pretty accurately like an American bullfrog. Yeah. Like, the lines were in the right place. Like, uh, he had a large tympanic membrane, which is what you have instead of ears. Like, I was really impressed by that. And then there's the scene where he's hanging off the ledge and you see his little boots and they're just people boots like, like they didn't like give him frog legs That's there's a like, lot of attention the to the expect. head and not much else like, right. yeah maybe the stripper frog you see a little bit of like her arms or something but mostly and her decolletage what is that what's that word her cleavage. Oh. i was trying to be appropriate in an appropriate film oh her frog tits <laughs> I don't know. I'd say, like, maybe out of all these movies, the only one not to watch is Croaked. Like, mm-hmm. the other ones all have something to offer. Hell Comes to Frogtown is the one that doesn't test your patience as much as the other ones. Yeah. Do you have anything else to add about, like, the overall, like, how frogs are depicted in these movies? <laughs> I think I covered most of them. Yeah. Uh, it was actually fun looking for the frogs, though. Yeah. Um, some of them, I actually had to find them. The biggest kick I had was the movie that was just named Frogs mostly didn't have frogs. Yeah. There's like a couple (laughs) scenes where they like hop towards the door and like hop against the glass as if they're trying to get inside. Mm -hmm. But that's about where it stops. Yeah. They might break a window or two, but they don't do much damage. Well, I mean, literally though, the toads instead of frogs. Oh, that's true too. Yeah. But every once in a while, actually you like, there'd be a few little frogs amongst the huge toads. (laughs) As if on accident. Yeah. (laughs) And then even Commander Toady is named Toad, even though he's the one that you said is the most accurate frog costume. They are like, they're very closely related. It's not a huge deal. You know, it's just kind of funny. (laughs) Everything is like slightly off in each one for sure yeah. like there's yeah. like no research went into any of these films <laughs> no <laughs> none whatsoever 
But that was great. Yeah. And that's why they're all on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you had fun watching them because I could see how this would be a chore if like you weren't like into the uh, the aesthetic. <laughs> then you know what? I actually I'm gonna confess something. I have never seen a trauma movie. Like oh, I man. like I like bad movies. Somehow trauma has never happened. There aren't a lot of great ones, but yeah. there's a few like there's... Class of Nukem High. Yeah, that was really a good. good. One. The a pterodactyl lot... woman. There's Surf a lot Nazis of like must die. Yeah. Like, yeah. For me, I haven't seen it. I'm an idiot. <laughs> this, is, this is a hard one to like. Yeah, I would never watch a trauma movie if this was the first one I saw. When uh, Lloyd Kaufman said it was one of his top five, I was like, oh boy. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you do incorporate a lot of like 50s sci fi sounds on your show, though. Well, if that's part of the records. That's or... actually usually part of the band. Yeah. You know? But that's, that is me. Right. Although, I guess actually, like, I, I love sci fi movies. Mm-hmm. You know, that's. That's what I love. I did my senior art thesis on sci-fi movies, cool. but I probably gravitate more towards 70s, 80s, like big budget sci-fi, big budget, terrible idea sci-fi. So Frogtown's Frog almost Town there. Yeah. was right in there. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, they yeah. Live is the better version of that movie for sure, sure but yeah. <laughs> it's still, it's still got the, like the look of a uh, big budget, like mm-hmm. misfire. Yeah. Well, I know you also do a good Halloween show every year. I know that's got to be coming yeah, up soon. Yeah, uh, I, I need to brainstorm on that. I usually like to throw in a gimmick. Maybe the gimmick is frogs. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know, you found some of them scary. I think we both agree. Not really, no. No, never. <laughs> kind of sad. Especially the riveting. Like, you know, frogs especially really, like, I feel like it was leaning on the riveting of the frogs being ominous. Yeah, and I was not scared there. Yeah. <laughs> do, like, frog, do like your frogs? Do they ribbit a lot? Like even though they're no, like not outside. No, not my two. You think it's because they're yeah. outside? Like that frogs usually. I think it's only certain it. species. I think. Gotcha. Mine. I every once in a while he jumps for a cricket. He'll go. Eh. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the air is just forced out of him. That's yeah. the only reason. Like he doesn't have like a big sack underneath his mouth, you no. know, for that. Or at least not that I've seen. I've. They're still young though. Um, yeah. Okay. I raised. I got it when he was like as big as. Oh, thumbnail. My oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> what was the scariest frog movie? I think the scariest frog movie to me was Frogs because it was the most realistic. Like, mm-hmm. I think that could happen. <laughs> yeah, the rest are like frog the, people, right? So yeah. I would say the scariest was Frogs because it was like really real, and then maybe The Maze was the second one because even though it was really sad, he was just fucking huge um, and kind of realistic looking. Yeah, he's the only one the that's not upright like a Homo sapien. Like he's like on the ground, right. uh, which hopping. I was honestly at the end of Frogs, I was expecting just like a giant one to come and like just fucking suck up oh, Mr. Yeah. Crockett, the cartoon one. <laughs> right. Well, he did. But I wanted to see like a real one just like kind of take him wheelchair and everything yeah just swallow him whole. i guess they just went for more like yeah. let's just overwhelm him with right. frogs right. <laughs> well Our uh totes. is there anywhere we can send people to find your stuff online either the show or your frog um, photos or my radio show which has been so relevant to this <laughs> you can go to stormsurgeofreverb.com and i guess you know i was actually just thinking I was going to start an Instagram uh, for my frogs. You know, get in on the, the pet Instagram scene. Do it. <laughs> uh, that doesn't exist yet, but Maybe uh, their follow- names are Sluggo and Winky. So <laughs> keep an eye out. Rising stars. <laughs> Maybe there's a frogs of Instagram ta- tag out there already. Yeah. They'll start popping up There's on. some Facebook frogs. There's sticky frogs. I'm a big fan of that. 
Yes. I'm sure there's like local conventions and stuff too, right? There's reptile shows every once in a uh, while. Yeah, that's they right. are a scene. I yeah. recommend them. Like the last one, there was a guy that uh, the organizer of the show. This is the local one. There's one called Repticon that like is a traveling show, and that's more straightforward. Still weird people. There's a local reptile show, and the guy that was organizing it like asked people to invite people to his Facebook group, and he was basically having like stretch goals for how many people uh, say they're going, and he for a certain amount he said he'd eat a handful of night crawlers. <laughs> he I is the frog. It, it happened. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> oh my god, that sounds awesome. Yeah. He's gonna wow. mutate into one of these humanoid frogs. <laughs> It was it was a sight. Well, uh, we've got some Halloween content coming up. We've got two yes. more episodes of the podcast. Also, I just posted our recommendations for stuff to add to your horror binging this month. So look for our post around the first of the month, and you'll see a very long list of like different kinds of horror movies. Uh, some like really artsy stuff, and then some really campy Hell Comes to Frogtown kind of stuff right. as well. All the garbage. And for the entirety of October, we're going to be talking about Unfriended, the found footage, <laughs> laptop-framed horror film uh, from a couple of years ago, which I love to death, and I've been waiting for a reason to like talk about it on the website. So I'm super freaking stoked about this. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we'll see y'all in a couple of weeks with more spooky content. Yes. Bye, everybody. Peace out.